2: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Brendo, Steve here. Hey, L Arson, And welcome back to Going In Rock Count out. It's the Top 10 Show in podcast form. And today, given that we are, uh, you know, I know there's a stop at Elimination Chamber coming up very shortly next weekend, but... It's uh, the entire thing is the road to WrestleMania, That's, and in
1: fact, I'm doing this because I'm waiting for you to say road to WrestleMania. That we're going on it, you gotta, we gotta point to a
2: sign at some point, then, man. Anyways, so we're on the road to WrestleMania, uh, and so we're gonna take a look at the 10 best 10. WrestleMania main event builds, uh, uh, in throughout history, yeah. And you know, there's actually been quite a few pretty decent WrestleMania builds when it comes to the main event, but of course, these are these are main events here, so these are yes. actual matches that finished off the particular card yeah, yeah um you know yeah sadly Lawrence taylor versus bam bam bigelow is not on this it's not on this list you we know, do I have th- another list coming up next
1: week we though. do i actually thought uh Lawrence taylor uh, uh, did pretty well in in the wrestling ring oh
2: i did too and i'm sure maybe the build was good there i don't know but uh
1: but- wrestlemania 11 is not terribly memorable it's not
2: really, no, no. But next week, we're going to do um, the worst WrestleMania builds. So that should be a lot of fun uh, as well. But And we got some honorable mentions here we on do. this list. But this is a really fun, when we were researching this, it was a really fun trip down not just memory lane, but research lane. You know, yeah. I like research and stuff, revisiting old promos and whatnot.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's fun seeing some stuff that I hadn't seen in a while or maybe some instances of stuff I don't remember seeing at all.
2: And we might have discovered... A new top musical. Oh, montage. this is a
1: new discovery for me. I remember we were in the office. Oh, really? And okay. One, and I'm yeah. like, this is the best one. This. I is don't the remember
2: best this one. at all, but I saw it and I was oh, like, Wow, so this is really good. It's yeah. So good. This, we'll yeah, get back to when you were
1: still in the office. I've never seen it. I think we'll someone, get in to chat, that. someone chat. Someone uh, chat uh, brought it up. He said, ah. You said know, like everybody talks about my way. You should watch this one.
2: Yeah, it's really really good. So we'll, we'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, of course, we want to remind you guys. FriendoShop.com. I, know, so I need to change the layout here for Counting because it says Friendo merch still. FriendoShop.com. Use code RUMBLE. Get your uh, percentage off merchandise. Uh, we got some new stuff. And then, of course, Patreon.com forward slash Steven Larson and channel memberships. You get a whole bunch of stuff. You get to you do the uh, predictions challenge and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Bonus episodes, etc. etc. Yeah. Let's dive into it, Larson. Number 10. 10. Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior. Man,
1: I watched one of the promos that Warrior did the build up to this and I couldn't understand it. like I understood the words coming out of his mouth barely but it didn't make any sense. He, he was, was pretty about much speaking English, yeah. Hogan going into the cockpit of something and doing oh, something. Sure. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. I couldn't make heads or tails of it. Yeah. At all. That being said,
2: these were like the two biggest. This is a fascinating study of like the two biggest names in pro wrestling at the time a potential torch passing situation that they really did try their damnedest to pass that torch. It just, what was, what was kind of crazy leading up to this for years was just how popular, like warrior. It's not like he had just shown up in the pe- previous six months. Like this was like a good three year or so build for the warrior getting to this point. And then as soon as he won it, it like fizzled out. Yeah. Like yeah. almost immediately.
1: Yeah. By the time the next summer slam uh, rolled around.
2: Yeah. He was gone. And all the, All they really had to do in this build is very simple uh, uh, build this one. And it was just have them interact a little bit and like tease, you know, because like so leading up to this ultimate warrior uh, feuded with uh, with Rick Rude and then Andre the Giant. Mm -hmm. And of course, Andre the Giant kind of, you know, the the gatekeeper to uh, the main event to the world title. Yeah. uh, In this case, ultimate warrior did the thing that you got to do if you want to be champion body slam. Andre the Giant. Yes. Uh, and he was able to accomplish that. And it was clear the crowd was really into this. Uh, and then and then they just, after Survivor Series, I think, when he body slammed, or around that time, when he body slammed on the Giant, they were like, okay. This is Jack happening. Tunney. Jack Tunney just did a video. And he said, uh, hey, guess what? This is happening now. Well, uh,
1: there was actually, uh, so apparently in the 90 Rumble, there was, yeah, there was a moment yeah. where, where, where Hogan and Warrior cleared the ring. Mm-hmm. It was just them, mm-hmm. and they kind of circle each other. right? When that went at a little bit, double clothesline, the next person came in, mm-hmm. um, and that was like the first time in ring, I think, where there was really a, a face-off, a one-to-one between the two of them. Right. And there was a couple other instances where Hogan would go and make the save, and Warrior would be upset about it, and tables would turn, and Warrior would save Hogan. Um, but yeah, then it was Hogan who issued the ultimate challenge because mm-hmm. he wanted to know whether the power of Hulkamania... Mm -hmm. Or the power of the warrior Mm -hmm. was the strongest force in the World Wrestling Federation. Well, in the universe.
2: He says that. Like, during the contract signing, he specifies what's the most powerful force in the universe. Not, you know, dark energy or gravity Mm -hmm. or, you know, the supermassive black holes. Hulkamania or Ultimate Warrior. What you
1: said were probably more... Close to the actual answer than what Hogan or Warrior said, though.
2: Not one night in Toronto, <laughs> because because the Ultimate Warrior went out. But did you watch the uh, the they also had a contract signing? Yeah, uh, between these two, that that was a very interesting bit of filmmaking. I'll be honest; the more we talk about this one, this could be on either list. But, it, really could, uh, <laughs> it really could.
1: I mean, because going back and revisiting a lot of these, especially in the eighties and early nineties, mostly the eighties, uh, it reminds me that. For a time, Vince McMahon, from a creative standpoint, had a plan and would follow it through. Right. Yeah. You yeah. you look at the the Hogan Andre build. More on that later. Hogan oh, yeah. Macho Man. More on that later. You know these are these are stories that took months, or in the, the the case of of Hogan and Macho Man, almost a year and a half. Yeah. Right. To see it through till the end, mm-hmm. and like I'm so used to the Vince of you know the the 2000s the mm-hmm. 2010s where yeah. he would get impatient and change his mind. Yeah. And it's just a lot of these I, uh, we it's easy to poke fun at the Hogan Warrior one for the motivation being so kind of silly and simple cuz it is mm-hmm. simple. It's pretty much who's who's the strongest Presence in the wrestling world, Hogan award. It's not, yeah, that's what but it that's is. it's not really that's not really silly though. You know, it, it's silly because of who it is. It's silly, I know what you mean. It's silly how they phrase it. Yes,
2: right. Yeah, yeah. And like the contract signing, they got the contract signing going where Hogan says his piece, and Hogan he just wants to know for his own, you know, a peace of mind. Hey, is Hulkamania still the most powerful? He's uh, testing uh, himself, brother. Right. Exactly. And then they and then Warrior in his leather jacket and ponytail. Uh, says a bunch of stuff, but then they shoot like head on. Like they go like we're like we are the warrior, and Hogan is looking directly at us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a POV shot for each one, and uh, and Hogan says his spiel, and then Warrior, of course, says his absolute nonsense. Uh, but it's all very <laughs> compelling stuff, especially in the context of when it was. Yeah. This was a big deal. I mean, Hogan Andre was a big deal, yeah. but this was. These guys are active now. One guy has a title, the other guy has a title. One guy is undefeated, the other guy is basically undefeated. Oh man. Let's yeah. see how this let's see how this plays out. And simple was the way to go, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean it, it was it was wise not to overcomplicate it. Um, we 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 had seen in feuds past where Hogan had been betrayed by his friends. And to generally really good effect, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. um he didn't need to go that well again. Yeah, keep it simple. But yeah, as you said, this is something that could easily be here because it's, you know, it's pretty monumental the first time you had title versus title, the main event at WrestleMania. You had arguably the two most popular wrestlers in, in the United States mm-hmm. uh, going head-to-head. Um, and, and you had the passing of the torch, potentially, and you have yeah. Hogan testing himself whether Hulkamania is still the most popular thing in wrestling.
2: You know, and here's the thing about Hogan sometimes he'd think that he would have learned the lesson. Sometimes it's okay to step back and lose because within six months, like we said, what happened? He was kind of proven out, you know, yeah. like the yeah. people, they, they, they wanted him to take on the evil Sergeant Slaughter, the turncoat. Yes.
1: So here's another thing though. A lot of these Hogan feuds, mm-hmm. they're feuds because he's a known one to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's a common theme. Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. was always a heel.
2: Yeah, well, there you go. I got you. Got to make that Russell Farts video.
1: It's gonna happen someday, maybe.
2: Let's move on. Number nine, nine. John Cena versus The Rock, second time in a lifetime. No, this is match. the first. This is once in a lifetime. This is once. In a lifetime. No, this is once in a lifetime. Yeah. John Cena versus the Miz was Mania twenty seven. This was yeah. twenty eight. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, this is the first feud. The second feud I didn't really care about, but this one was all right. Um, of course, the whole main event, of WrestleMania twenty seven, existed to promote this feud. That's true, uh, Yeah. It wasn't there really to build up the Miz. He lost the title next pay per view to John Cena. Yeah, true. Uh, this is all to tell the story of Cena and The Rock heading into the next WrestleMania, and it's it's the fact that you have one of the two most popular wrestlers, definitely the Attitude Era, mm-hmm. maybe for sure one of the three most popular wrestlers ever. Yeah, sure. With The Rock, and you had the top star of his era, John Cena, going head to head. I mean, that mm-hmm. itself sells. WrestleMania, And if it yeah, was right. simply a once-in-a-lifetime they had the match done, cool. Um, it didn't need the title but did the second time. Um, or if they did, I guess you could make the case that CM Punk should have been in there. He probably should have been in there. Anyways, uh, this feud actually was fairly solid because there was a lot of really good uh, uh, promo back and forth with Cena and The Rock, and especially one in February of 2012 where John Cena did what I thought was the impossible he gave the rock cry face
2: and he did it with such ease that's what was disarming about it was all he saw was that because that was the one where rock had his notes written down on his arm Yep, (laughs) and cena looks down and he has that look on his face where he absolutely understands that he he has this dude he can't wait he's got this guy dead to rights but he doesn't go right for it he builds to it no he does he does, and uh, yeah, the the genesis of this too a little bit was did wasn't there like some stuff that preceded this that indicated these guys actually don't like each other. This isn't just they're gonna come and do a pro wrestling angle. Yeah, like Cena had talked some shit about the Rock, and the Rock had talked some shit, and it's kind of been on the passive aggressive side. They're on like you know, they're on like radio doing this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and they would just talk a little bit of shit. And so when Rock would bust out the fruity pebbles stuff. It was like oh this isn't like real like he's doing this to try to to try to really get under his skin he's really trying to downplay john cena even even a year later when because i just did like a little wrestle juice video about the because we're at the 10 year anniversary of the um the the title that came after john cena's the gotcha. first one that's the template for the modern era yeah, yeah, but yeah. it had the scratch logo yeah. and the rock debuted that one yeah because he didn't like the spinner title but even when he debuted it, even because that was like heading into their second match, yeah, he was like being really snarky about Cena's, you know, spinner title, you know. Uh and so there was that element of like, these guys really don't like each other very mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. And you have to wonder, okay, well, what what's going on behind the scenes? are they gonna shoot on each other in terms of verbally? And it's seemingly with that promo that Cena did with the with the writing on Rock's arm, he went there
1: and Rock didn't know that was gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and that was cool. You know, that
1: was like, oh, dude, he did that. Wow. Yeah, that made for some great TV, and there was a lot of segments back and forth where, you know, you know, a lot of times, fairly often, they would, you know, say, all right, you guys get twenty minutes, and it was a Mm -hmm. bit much sometimes. But when they were to the point, Mm -hmm. and 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 like when they were hurling insults and they were pointed and they had direction and a point to them, yeah, you know, when when they had their promo offs, it was generally pretty engaging stuff. And, no, and, absolutely, yeah. And you know, they got not one but two matches out of the Rock during this this run. He and Cena teamed up at Survivor Series, um, and, and then of course had their match at WrestleMania. Yeah, and did massive, massive box office for the company.
2: Oh, it was huge, absolutely, yeah. And uh, you know, Rock looked absolutely amazing for both of these. I mean, you sort of understand, you know, this year if if it is true. That he didn't have the time to properly devote. Which number one, you have to appreciate a guy isn't going to come in and lump it up uh, just for the paycheck. Yeah. Uh, rock wants to make sure that he's in ridiculously good shape. Probably not just you know aesthetically, superficially, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah.
1: But also cardio wise, cardio um, and be able to and be able to move like he needs to move in a wrestling. Right. Room.
2: Yeah. 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 But you know, back then, my God, he was in amazing shape. I mean, it, it was like the best looking Rock we had ever gotten. Uh, and so uh, so yeah, no, the, and, and, and the build was very much must see when these guys got in the ring with each other to talk because they are two arguably the two best talkers ever. Mm-hmm. could I mean the case could be made for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and Cena, being so, how do I put this? stylistically cartoonish. Yeah. With his, with the way he leaves himself open yeah. for easy jokes. And Rock took a lot of those easy jokes and Cena just takes it all. It just, he's Teflon. Mm-hmm. And so when he was able to say, I don't need to write my shit on my arm yeah, <laughs> or whatever uh, it was he said. And Rock was
1: yeah, doing cry that face. face. Oh, cry face, yeah, face. is great. Oh, love, oh. love the cry face. Cena is a king of cry face.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was a good one.
0: in just a few taps because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this. When you Angie, that download the free Angie mobile app today, or visit Angie.com. That's a N G I.com.
2: Uh, let's move on to number eight, eight Becky Lynch versus Charlotte flair versus Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania 35.
1: So I will say this, uh, as they're kind of laying the groundwork to this feud at first, I was like, what are they doing? They're making this too complicated. Of course, Becky won the Rumble. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, Ronda was Raw Women's Champion uh, by the time we got to WrestleMania. Char- or, yeah, Charlotte was SmackDown uh, mm-hmm. Women's Champ. And they didn't, like, all the stuff with Becky and her knee being hurt, and she was suspended because she wouldn't be, she, They she wasn't going to, WWE's doctors to get checked out and cleared it was it was needlessly complicated but once they got past all that and and it was like all right the match is Charlotte Becky Ronda that's it yeah once it got going in that respect yeah. it was pretty solid and then on the April 1st Raw where they had that huge brawl that went all backstage yeah that is one of the best pre-wrestlemania brawls I have ever seen that was this- so good
2: this deserves to be on the list just for that yeah. alone. When you have Rhonda being handcuffed in the cop car, and then she uh, puts her head out and she's yapping away, and Charlotte comes over, she's handcuffed and she gives her a big boot. Oh, that that's so alone, good. that alone. I agree with you. I thought that the the actual setup to that point uh, was a bit ridiculous. I, I understand, you know, they were trying to throw some hurdles Becky Lynch's way, and I yep. get that, and I think that wasn't. You know the the intention I thought was pretty solid. It did go a little bit far. I mean, they were, look, they were in full. Let's try to make Becky as much as Stone Cold as possible. And yeah. if you remember back in the day, they would throw so much shit Stone Cold's way, as ridiculous it might have as it might have been, because people just want to see him smash through those barriers. Uh, and to a degree, I understand why they were oh. doing that with Becky as yeah, well. I did
1: too. I did too. It's just like the 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 examples of of yeah. the barriers oh, yeah, the they threw away. Yeah. we like, okay, this is. Could, they were silly. Yeah, you could do better than this.
2: And I, I remember, you know, when we would talk about it back then, it was silly. Back then, it's, it's still silly. But, uh, but yeah, no, that that backstage bit with the cops oh, and so the cars good. and them just, just trying to, it was, it was awesome. It was just an absolute delight. And that alone, and you know, a lot of people complained when Charlotte was added to the match. Um, and and I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I was at the time, I was like, yeah, we probably just do this one on one. But number one, Charlotte isn't going to give you a bad match. She's going to add a lot to it from an in-ring standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought it was kind of interesting, just from a, a heat standpoint, a reaction standpoint, it's like, let's throw this X factor in here. Charlotte's got the credentials. Mm-hmm. So throw her, in, throw her in there and see what happens. You know, It's kind of interesting how they how Vince decided to do that.
1: Yeah, and I guess it also kind of feeds into Becky and Charlotte's feud at the time. Mm-hmm. Where Charlotte would just keep on stealing Becky's spotlight, mm-hmm, yeah. yeah, you know, um, yeah. going back to the SummerSlam match mm-hmm. before all this, where it seemed like all right, Becky is 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 gonna uh, uh, take on Carmella one on one. This is her, this is her opportunity to get the title. No, Charlotte gets in the match. She mm-hmm. she wins. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of bringing that whole aspect of it full circle.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, but yeah, no, like I said, man, this this deserves to be on there just oh, for yeah. that, just for that sequence, the backstage segment oh, good. It was so good. Was yeah. so good. Uh, let's move on to number seven. Seven. Triple H versus Batista at WrestleMania 21. Steve you know, saw dude, that match. After talking about, I know, I was there live. Um, after talking about the last time we did one of these, Randy Orton, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Um and now, you know, getting to this segment here, uh, Evolution really did do wonders for both Orton and Batista. Oh, yeah. It really, really did. I mean, if you look at Batista setting up Orton the way they did to go on to become one of the most successful singles wrestlers of all time uh, through Evolution. And then right after that, because you mentioned here, uh, or, or it's in the notes here. You know, it's I think it's at the Royal Rumble where Triple H took on Orton and I think beat him there. The same Royal Rumble that Batista then established himself as a star by winning the Royal Rumble. And then you have this conundrum. Uh, Who does he face? And Triple H lays out in in the the now famous thumbs up, thumbs down bit. Mm -hmm. Triple H lays out a damn good case. He really does. Talking about. We can run both brands. We can run this entire place. I think was it in this promo because I know I watched it recently, but I forget I saw something where he talked about, um, I forget it was him or hBK and something else talking about how back in oh, he was saying it would have been like uh if you know we were running WCW and WWF, yeah, yeah, yeah like back in the day um yeah, I mean and and then he pit he makes his pitch to Dave. And Dave's got both contracts, a Raw and SmackDown one. And, you know, he looks at the SmackDown one, gives him the old thumbs up. I'm gonna go after JBL. And then he throws it away and has the puts the raw one up and he puts his thumbs down or backwards. He puts the thumbs down and he throws that away. And Triple H starts, you know, freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> and the yeah. nature boy starts doing this shit. <laughs> like yeah. having a conniption. Yeah. Um, it is it that thumbs up, thumbs down moment was a star-making moment. And it's rare mm-hmm. you get those.
1: Mm-hmm. It really is. It really is. And Triple H doing everything to try to convince Batista to go after JBL rather than himself mm-hmm. um, is, is, a, is a fun kind of wrinkle to the story. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, as you mentioned during that promo, that segment where first you have Bischoff and Teddy Long making their pitches as to why Dave should pick their brand, and then you have Triple mm-hmm. H make it, making his pitch. It's all really captivating stuff. Mm-hmm. And you get after all the pictures are made, Batista gets on the mic, and just it's real simple. He says, "I know what I'm gonna do, and I've known what I'm gonna do for a long time." And he grabs mm-hmm. both, both the uh, contracts. He throws the raw one down to the mat and holds the SmackDown one. and That's what Triple H, <laughs> Davey Boy. <Triple H> <laughs> yeah, they're both doing the yeah. double thumbs up. Yeah. And then Dave puts up the thumbs up, yeah. and then really slowly, and the crowd knows exactly what they he's know doing. what's as happening. Soon as, as yeah, soon as that thumb starts going down because they start his popping. face goes yeah, Blake super serious yeah and then he tosses flare out of the ring lays mm-hmm. in the triple h power bombs it through the table yeah yeah it's it's someone establishing themselves as a main eventer in, in the matter i mean it's kind of a long segment like the 12 minutes but by the end of that 12 minute segment batista's the guy
2: oh it's He's nail biting it's nail biting it really is i remember i remember watching this live because i was watching the show But i was watching back then probably because I knew I was going to WrestleMania. Um, but uh, but no, I remember watching this and being like, holy shit, like Batista is his own dude. Like mm-hmm. you see that take place. And dude, this was the kind of moment that I really wanted for Wardlow uh, uh, back when. Because, you know, it, there's, there's some parallels there that I see. Uh, mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I feel like, you know, they have a long way to go till he's back. You know, or till he's at yeah. that point where I yeah. would believe, Oh, okay, this guy, world champion, this is something that everybody's dying to see now. Yeah. But yeah. uh but yeah, no, this was great. I don't even remember, like, did much happen between that month because I
1: mean, that's the rumble, and then we were all the way at,
2: uh, well, they, at WrestleMania. They, they,
1: they looked like a month out of Triple mm-hmm. H, kind of trying to convince. Dave. They did.
2: That's right. This wasn't right after the. Rumble, no, it was, was late it? February
1: yeah. where that where that segment happened. So you know okay. they had what a month and a half between then and, and, and Mania. Not a lot. Um, yeah. So which is great. It's it's pretty cool when they actually build up some drama to. What's the choice going to be? What's he going to do? Yeah, yeah. You they know, try to cool. do
2: that. They try to do that uh, when Edge won the rumble what mm-hmm. uh, two years ago. Yeah, he went and, to NXT, uh,
1: he went everywhere.
2: Uh, he went everywhere trying to make yeah. his
1: decision, yeah. And yeah. I,
2: I like that, you know. It's it should be a big decision that people
1: make, you know. Oh yeah.
2: But especially in this situation where Triple H has the title and uh and you see this go down. Yeah. No, that 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 was really good stuff. It was. It was. Well, let's move on. Number 6. 6. Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant, WrestleMania 3, probably. I mean, I don't know. WWE would probably classify this as, like, their biggest WrestleMania match maybe of all time ever. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the match that sold slam. out
1: the Pontiac Silverdome. Got, mm-hmm. you know, kayfabe probably, 93,000 yeah. people in the building. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, it's the, the image of Hogan slamming Andre is the thing that kicks off WWE's signature to this day. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for at least for in the eyes of the company, this is, like, the defining moment. Mm-hmm. of WWF WWE as a national wrestling powerhouse
2: yeah yeah um, and to be honest with you for my money looking back at you know all the Piper pit segments uh, the contract signing um, some really good character work from everybody involved uh, you know that so the, the setup of course was Andre had been undefeated for 15 years Hogan had been world champion for three years they each got trophies. Yeah. <laughs> and, Guess who's largest. <laughs> Hogan's was the big trophy. Yeah. So, Larson, could this ma- WrestleMania, would this WrestleMania main event, the seminal moment in history, have been threatened? Had they simply gotten a bigger trophy for Andre the Giant?
1: Perhaps. If they had gotten mm. trophies of equal size. Maybe. Perhaps. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. It's entirely possible. You know, so, but, uh, yeah. 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 Sorry. Go ahead.
2: Upset with the size of the trophy, Uh, Andre the Giant feeling slighted and disrespected. And maybe with a little bit of goading from Bobby the Brain Heenan telling him that Hulk Hogan had been talking shit behind his back. Uh, Andre the Giant and Bobby Heenan uh, appeared on uh, the celebration episode of Piper's Pit where they're going to celebrate Hulk Hogan and his trophy and his three year uh, run. And uh, and Hogan's like, oh, cool. Andre's here. Why are you with that guy? Who is this? Why is why is he with you? He's bad guy. He only does bad guy stuff. And Andre just sits there silent and he just goes off on Hogan's You piece of crap. You talk crap behind his back. He's undefeated for 15 years. You never give him a title shot. And, uh, and, and you know, you've only been champion for three years. And you have a bigger trophy. And then Hogan's like, no, oh, Andre, it's all good. Like, you know, you could have just asked me. You could have just asked me. It's okay. What are you doing? And then Hogan just, I'm sorry, Andre like rips off not just Hogan's shirt, but also the crucifix chain of his brother for saying prayers and whatnot. And uh, and he just leaves Hogan, an emotional disaster. Yeah. Uh, and then they leave and Hogan is just he's just he's cradling. He's got his shirt. He's got his chain. And then and Piper, who's a piece of shit, is like actually sympathetic to Hogan. This has rattled everybody. This is such a big moment. And he looks down and he, he wipes his chest and he's in, in the most shoot way possible. You're bleeding. Yeah. Hulk, Hulk Hogan doesn't bleed. Mm-mm. He says You're bleeding. Yeah, he said, "Come on, let's go." And he like he has to basically coddle him away, like emotionally. Yeah, be very gentle with the Hulkster.
1: You know, I don't know if the blood spot with the chain and stuff was planned or not. I'm guessing just one of those happy accidents. But it's like a real stark visual. You know, the immortal Hulk Hogan. It's very mortal, yeah. human. Yeah. and this is the first time we really see him feel seemingly actual human emotion. You know, <laughs> on WB programming. Um, yeah. One of the previous segments to set up the 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 bit where Andre is ripping off Hogan's shirt. Um, I think it's the 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 one the Piper's Pit where Andre gets his mm-hmm. trophy, smaller trophy for his 15 year undefeated streak. And of course, who comes in? Put the spotlight on himself, mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, it's first instance here of there Hogan dominating the spotlight. Because that's what Hogan does. Because he's a heel. Because he's a bad guy. Always was a heel. He's a narcissist.
2: Um, but uh, but yeah. And then uh, and then we do the contract signing. Where again, you know, Heenan's just talk, 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 and Hogan is is it a he is a mess. He is an absolute. He's jittery. And, and he's like he's about to like you know bust into tears. Maybe I don't know. And Andre is cold just yep. absolutely cold and he's got like and sometimes he's got like a half smirk on his face when he knows that just that Hogan's just breaking mm-hmm. he's just completely breaking and uh and Hena just won't stop talking and talking and talking and he says sign it if you're gonna sign it and so Andre does and they pass it over to Hogan and he says man all you had to do is ask me brother but what have you done to all the Hulkamaniacs out there you have let them down not just me all the Hulkamaniacs and then uh, Andre says you know I taught you everything he says I didn't teach you everything." That i know i still know a couple tricks in a mania you're going to find out the last lesson oh it's good stuff
1: it is good stuff yeah yeah, it, yeah. especially for that era of, of wb wrestling this is really good stuff
2: mm-hmm. yeah no absolutely really good stuff
1: uh let's move
2: on to number five, five. The, uh, the undertaker versus Shawn michaels at mania 2010. Mania i love 26. this story so much
1: this is one of my favorite stories i know it's so, so, so good good yeah. and it's so simple it's it simple. Is. So it goes back to the previous WrestleMania, 25, um, where Shawn Michaels had a match against The Undertaker. Brilliant pout. Mm-hmm. Um, and came up short. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he's accepting his award, his Slammy Award for match of the year, Shawn Michaels is like, I was this close. If I get one more shot, I can beat The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. And so that's his mission going into WrestleMania season because Undertaker's champion. So what's the easiest way for Shawn Michaels to get a match with Undertaker, win the Rumble. He gets eliminated from the Rumble, and his reaction to getting eliminated oh, from the Rumble man. is heartbreaking. It stops Part everything. Of the yeah. 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 No, um, and and
2: yeah, just you can keep on going just a second. His actual elimination is like the best elimination ever because he's on the apron, Batista hits him, and he starts grabbing yeah. for the ropes as he's yeah. going
1: down. It's so brilliant. It's so good. It's so good. So he starts trying to find any way he can to, to get a match with Undertaker at WrestleMania, and he's denied at every turn. Undertaker's like, no, I'm not going to face. He already beat you. You know, he goes after refs, um, and then we go to Elimination Chamber where Undertaker's defending the World Heavyweight Championship. He sneaks in, costs Undertaker his belt, hit him with sweet Chim music. Uh, Chris Jericho walks out as World Heavyweight Champ, mm-hmm. and so we go to the next night on Raw. Undertaker's like, yeah, I said no before. I accept your challenge, but... There's a stipulation. Shawn Michaels loses. He has to retire. Mm -hmm. And Michaels is like, all right, that's cool, because if I can't end the streak, no reason I should be here anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, man, we were talking about video packages. Yeah, man. Go and watch the the video package for this match. It is the absolute best video package maybe WWE has ever put together. You got a cover of Running Up That Hill, the Kate Bush song, that placebo, Mm -hmm. their version of it. Yeah, and it does such a great job in about what five and a half, six minutes yeah. of encapsulating everything this story has. It's so oh, good, man.
2: The yeah, his obsession. It's 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 a really brilliant, just a brilliant video package. Um, and uh, and yeah, no, like like you said, it 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 makes it makes cinema out of this shit. You know, it, mm-hmm. it really does. Or him between you know Triple H trying to walk him off the ledge, basically. Yeah, saying what are you doing, man? You know, your your whole career is. You know, you're gonna lose your career. He's like, I don't have a career. I mean, this is a dude named Mr. WrestleMania. Yeah. You know, and he can't he can't break the WrestleMania streak. If he can't do that, how can he even live with himself? I know. And uh, and it ends up getting him in the end. I mean, it's it it's, it's 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 crazy that that that's how they ended up. You know, it's like some Moby Dick type shit. Here. It really is. It really <laughs> is. It really is. Ends up destroying himself in the process.
1: It's interesting how all that informs the end of an era match too.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah oh you yeah know. oh dude this whole long four-year story
1: it's great yeah yeah because then triple h got two shots the undertaker yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah 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 it's it's, yeah. it's it's awesome stuff go watch that video package i know everybody we're going to talk about the my way one for for rockstone cold next and that's that's fine and all yeah but in terms of like real cinematic video packages Ooh, it's hard to this
2: one yeah absolutely oh there goes my cat it's old now. Okay, so she's laying. No, she's just scratching. Whatever. And Let's I, move on, I, on to the next well, one. Well, I going to oh, yeah. make
1: more point. At the end of this match where Shawn Michaels is defiant till the end, he yeah. knows he's beat at the yeah. end of the match at, tw- at Mania 26, but still defiant to the very end. Just just a, a, a master class in wrestling storytelling this is. It's so I gotta, good. I got to go back and watch that match again. Oh, it's really gosh. good. It might be my favorite of the two Yeah, they had. Everybody yeah, really re- loves 25, and it's great. Yeah, right, yeah the heart of of the their match at 26 is what really sticks with me. Yeah,
2: man. Well, we're old. I think it appeals to the no country for old men types, Could you know. Be. It's like That's why we love
1: an Era so much. I yeah, no,
2: you're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to number 4. 4 Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock at WrestleMania 17. Of course, dude, and look, I love this video package. I think it's a terrific video package. Limp Biscuit, my way, my way or the highway. The music video itself is really is cut together to the beat. It's mm-hmm. really good. Um, my only qualm, my only qualm. I'm saying I love the video package. I'll watch if I scroll through it, see it on Twitter. I'll watch this shit. Mm-hmm. My only qualm about it is that there seem to be like not enough footage to really beef this thing up. Like it the Shawn Michaels one tells a whole story. Mm hmm. This one is a lot of salute the beer stuff. Yeah. <laughs> there, yeah. There's a lot. And I know Stone Cold's thing was beer, but him and Rock, that one segment where they did the yeah. beer stuff, is played ad nauseum in this yeah. video package. But yeah. the song is custom made for a wrestling.
1: It feed. is. It, really it is. is. And the energy of that video package is is hard to deny. It really um, is, yeah. So The Rock and Stone Cold had an interview with JR prior to their match at Mania 17, which really encapsulated and, and, and laid out their story pretty easily. So few months prior, Stone Cold had returned from injury, and while he was gone, The Rock uh, became undisputed number one babyface in the company, and in Stone Cold's mind, that's his spot. Mm-hmm. And so he says to The Rock, you know, on a personal level, I don't like you. I need to beat you because of that, but on a professional level, I absolutely must beat you because you're in my spot. Yeah. And for just about anybody else, that alone would justify the heel turn. Mm -hmm. At Mania Seventeen, but Stone Cold was operating on such a different level of popularity. Mm -hmm. You know, he's absolutely beloved by the fan base that it. They just didn't buy it. They didn't buy it for the most part.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think looking back on it, so like I'm not a fan of it. I know you're not a fan of it. I've seen you know people on Twitter say, "Oh man, no, this is great" or something. Um, So I think there's a segment of the fan base that that likes this turn with Austin. It did. The positive of it is that it did end up giving us some some quality comedy stuff from Austin mm-hmm. which was outside his usual wheelhouse. Um from a business standpoint, you know, you can debate the creative merits of it. I didn't like it. But from a business standpoint, it did seem to harm the WWE quite a bit. Their their ratings went down after it. Uh yeah, from from a business standpoint, it didn't seem like it panned out all mm-hmm. that well.
1: Mm-hmm. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, match was great though up until the uh yeah, the heel no.
2: The the match was the match was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the heel term turn was deflating to me. we watching it. I was like, "Oh, what a crap finish that was!" Like yeah. stone, stone Cold, really? Yeah. Austin? That's yeah. crazy. I know. I think it would. To me, it would have been preferable if he just simply lost, you know, and just we had to deal with a Stone Cold whose confidence was shook. You know, yeah, a, a, a No Country for Old Men Stone Cold. Yeah, or um, you
1: know, like and I was listening to an interview he did. I can't remember where. Where he said, you know, something uh, along the lines of, I should have just called an audible, it's done it as booked, but at the end, instead of shaking Vince's hand, gave him a stunner.
2: hmm. Mm-hmm. You
1: know, realizing maybe a little the, the no country for old men that while he was away, a lot of his superstars in WB passed him by. So now he mm-hmm. has to cut more corners than they normally would.
2: Yeah, yeah. Just
1: yeah. to stay ahead, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. Now, it would have been interesting if that would have been interesting, but, you know, you, it was. What, what was it? Didn't you say there was an interview where uh, it was revealed that Stone Cold wanted to do this? Yeah. And uh, Vince had said, I owe it to him yeah. to, yeah, to give this said. a shot. JR, JR. that's right. Yeah, yeah. I remember you mentioned yeah. that the other day. So, um, so yeah, interesting stuff. But, yeah, no, a hell of a build to this and a hell of a match.
1: Yep. It was. It was really good.
2: All right. Let's move on. Number three.
1: three. Mega powers explode. It's WrestleMania five. So it's like they took yeah. everything that worked about with the Andre and Hogan story and then really mm-hmm. turned it up.
2: Three, four and five was quite a run of WrestleMania main events, weren't they? Because four was the uh, when Macho Man won. the It was uh, a, tournament. It was like a yeah. tournament. Yeah, the tournament, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. So Macho Man. So you go all the way back to 1987, the, towards the end of 1987. It was the first time that uh, Miss Elizabeth goes backstage, brings Hogan out to help Macho Man when he's being attacked by the Heart Foundation mm-hmm. and the Honky Tonk Man.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and that's kind of the genesis of the Mega Powers. They didn't actually wrestle a whole lot on TV, more so on the house, house show circuit. Yeah. I think they wrestled at SummerSlam 88 mm-hmm. and maybe a couple other times. Mm-hmm. Um, but you had Hogan help Macho Man win the title uh, at WrestleMania four and Macho Man then had that title for an entire year, and while he was champion, they told the story of, of their alliance and that alliance falling apart. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, largely due to Macho Man's jealousy. Oh yeah, Miss
2: Elizabeth, why are you looking at her like that? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm
1: just gonna, I'm just gonna do
2: some Macho, Macho Man aside while stuff, you tell the story. because right, right. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you were, look, I'll be honest with you, you were actually, weren't you, actively watching this stuff at the time?
1: Yeah, I was watching a lot of this at the time. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Did did I ask you the other day? I did ask you. I got to put that in best of. I got to remember.
1: I was team Hulkamania or team Macho Man. You said you were a team work rate. <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> you
2: wanted a good match. <laughs> so I guess, I,
1: I guess by that measure, I was team Macho Man.
2: Probably, I would imagine. Um, so, yeah.
1: And so like Hogan accidentally, as Hogan puts it, mm-hmm. uh, eliminated Macho Man from the Rumble in 89. Um, and just over the, the that winter and spring, just... Hogan would do something and it, it would irritate Macho Man. And eventually, I think it's the February 2nd episode, the main event, uh, Hogan and Macho Man are taking on the Twin Towers. There's a spot where Ho- or uh, Macho Man's tossed out of the ring. Uh, he lands on Elizabeth. Yeah. And Hogan goes and checks on Elizabeth, picks her up and walks out on Macho Man in the middle of the match. Mm, and yeah. Macho Man's like, what are you doing? Yeah. And so uh, eventually Hogan comes back to the ring looks for a tag, instead Savage slaps him in the face and walks out. Yeah. And so after Hogan beats the Twin Towers. Oh. Uh, Makes sense. Yeah, he goes backstage, Savage attacks him, mm-hmm. uh, says that Hogan's stealing his spotlight. Yeah. He's the champ. Macho Man is. Because sh- uh, like apparently at Survivor Series, uh, they co captain the team. Mm-hmm. Macho Man did the entrance with the team and afterwards, guess who had their own entrance? Hogan, yeah. Hogan. Hogan. Yeah. So, he was driven
2: crazy by Hogan's yeah. uh, <laughs> narcissism.
1: Yes. Hogan was always a heel. Um, and then he accused Hogan of having lust in his eyes for Miss Elizabeth. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and so uh, they have this backstage brawl. It's obvious. Savage is a heel again. Mm-hmm. And it leads to their match at WrestleMania 5. And that match itself is weird because it really is a match of two halves. The first half mm-hmm. is like a solid Macho Man match. Like a good yeah, Macho right. Man match. Yeah. Where you, He's working a fast pace, and then as soon as it it flips over to a Hogan style match, mm-hmm. kind of gets bogged down. You yeah. know, Hogan is going to win, so it kind of, um, I don't know, it kind of sucks the air out of the, out of the building a little bit. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it, it it's it's really is a match of two halves. And it kind of wish whether Macho Man had won or lost, they could have kept the pace up. Mm-hmm, sure, the Macho yeah. Man pace up for for the bout um, instead of you know Hulk out boot doesn't work for me brother this isn't new japan brother yeah yeah he's not gonna be Hogan. is not doing any drop toe holds here (laughs) come on let's do it no i like i watched
2: uh i watched a bunch of the stuff from this as well obviously we've seen it a ton of times over the years but uh especially macho man's final word his, his promo before the match that day you know hogan's is is fairly it's just hogan but Macho Man's is extra sweaty, like he's just dripping in sweat, and the camera is like right on it, so like you can look the YouTube version of it, the yeah. camera's like right here yeah. on him, and he's like, no pukesters to the left, no pukesters to the right, oh yeah, because every time I'm in my match, you've gotta come out and steal the spotlight, I let you do what you want in your matches, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it really is a guy who's been driven to the brink of madness. Yep. Um. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really terrific stuff.
1: And uh, we've talked about this, uh, for some reason, quite a bit recently about how I think both this and the Andre story are similar in in that most of the story is told in like three or four segments.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, like the meat
1: of the story. I mean, there there is moments throughout the year of uh, 88 and beginning of 89 in the ring where they'd hit some story beats, but most of the, Mm -hmm. the more dramatic stuff is just done in segments kind of sprinkled throughout. Um, yeah they
2: would do like yeah, like Saturday night's main event They would do some stuff there They would do it on primetime wrestling mm-hmm. But yeah, mainly it was like The high profile stuff They would tell these stories on
1: Yeah yeah. yeah. I mean we're so used to Weekly episodic It's just different Raw in yeah. Smackdown Where stories are continually Being told week after week after week Where you know back then They'd hit story beat And they'd go weeks Without really touching on something Directly mm-hmm. You know They might yeah. be Little yeah. things happening in the ring But you know As far as doing promos or stuff
2: yeah it's interesting it was a lot you could you could you could tell a story that these days would span three weeks back then would span four months Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and and maybe even longer because these days you know you got to book something every week and i kind of wish that they wouldn't raw is so long Mm -hmm. you know and i wish that sometimes they would like the nxt from a couple of years ago when it was only one hour you wouldn't not things were not happening every single week they'd recap here and there Mm -hmm. they'd say oh next week we're going to find out more about this Um, but, uh, but yeah, back then, I think just because entertainment consumption was so, so much slower, it was so much more methodical because the options were so much more limited that they could tell stories that way. These days, if you're not keeping up on a week to week basis on a twice a week basis, then WWE feels like, oh, you're not going to be able to, you know, yeah. people are going to get lost.
1: Well, it's interesting listening to, I started listening to the Something to Wrestle With about the, the, the birth of Monday Night Raw.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, sure.
1: And it's, it is interesting, the motivation beyond trying to save money to do Raw live is to be more topical. Yeah, right. You yeah. know, they'd go and shoot stuff in bulk and have stuff in the can for months, maybe. Mm-hmm, yeah you know whether it be up for prime time whether it be for their syndicated shows whatever the case may be and they would just kind of like or for coliseum home video whatever whatever mm-hmm. the, the, the situation was and they would just be taping and tape and tape and then just work cobbled it all together later <laughs> seemingly shoot and shoot and shoot and worry about it later pretty much um, yeah and it seems like and i believe pritchard talked about this is is where they had arenas booked Mm-hmm. And so they had to kind of like reconstitute how they booked the shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Because yeah. now weekly live television, even though not all of them are live, you got to worry about continuity maybe more than you mm-hmm. did before.
2: Yeah. No. Absolutely. It was. It was. It was pretty much a sea change. Although I watched, what's interesting about it is that the the raw stuff. And one day I'd like to do a talk with you about Monday Night Raw. It doesn't seem to be winning any of the polls that we do, but it doesn't mean we can't do it. Yeah, totally. Um, but no, it, it is interesting just how different things were told. But I went back and I watched uh, WWF's first televised program or one of their first televised programs, just championship wrestling. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, from 77 to 81, something like that. And you know, I believe those were all done basically. With with the exception, they would sprinkle some in, but it was all one show. Mm-hmm. You know that they would tape in a place and they put that on TV at some point in the future. And sometimes they'd put little, you know, they they'd insert other matches from other. Shows and whatnot, but, you know, just down at, you know, they do interviews there by the ring right after the match happens. And then they went to the other format to the primetime wrestling type format where they just throw a bunch of shit in there and they'd, they'd have a framing device, whether it was a studio or the talk show or whatever. Um, and then raw just sort of took the live element. And then, you know, they like it used to be sort of one show live. Mm-hmm. With the that that was the exception. Mm-hmm. Um, so they could be so so you could talk about the news, apparently was yeah, one of the primary I motivators. I know. I know. Which mm-hmm. was weird. But uh, anyways, that's another conversation for another day. I'm interested in doing that. Uh let's move on to number two. Two. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania fourteen.
1: I mean, a lot of this was just seeing Stone Cold become the guy. There's a lot of ant- anticipation there. And then also you 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 put Mike Tyson, um, into that situation. And you get a lot of mainstream eyeballs on your product when your product's already on the upswing. Yeah, And you got a a wrestler in Stone Cold who's really captured the fan's imagination and is Mm -hmm. ready to achieve heights in the world of professional wrestling that maybe no one else has ever seen. Mm -hmm. And it really is a, 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 a recipe for real intriguing build, even though Shawn Michaels was not in the best of shape. He was hurt. Yeah. It seemed like mentally, uh, uh, he 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 just was not in really the best of shape after hurting his back at the Royal Rumble yeah. um, in a casket match against the Undertaker. And so, I mean, I guess credit to the creative team for trying to f- finding ways to make this interesting, mm-hmm. especially with Mike Tyson's involvement. You know, where is her, his allegiance? Of course, before the match, he. He had the DX shirt on. Mm-hmm, he was yeah. out there crotch chopping with HBK and Triple H. You were like, "Okay." I've this.
2: never seen Mike Tyson happier than when he
1: was revealed to be a member of DX. Yeah. I yep. watched
2: that just before this. Yeah. he was so
1: happy to cross chop. Yeah. Um. So right there, you got the ad, the the odds. Sorry, the odds st- st- uh, stacked against against uh, uh Stone Cold. Mm-hmm, yeah. Because if Stone Cold gets out of line, you got the 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 special enforcer Mike Tyson there. Yeah. To to get Stone Cold back in line.
2: I thought what what made this for me, why it's so high on the list, personally speaking, was to see the efforts of the WWF and trying to pivot in a, in a majorly different way. I mean, if you look at how different WWF was from let's say 95 to 96, 97 when they really entered in the Attitude Era,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, my God, it it's is a different, yeah. it is yeah. a sea change. It absolutely yeah. is. And to see that gamble pay off it going back to the raw, the creation of raw episode, what was the original concept of raw gritty uncut uncooked, you know, dirty uncensored, all that stuff. Well, that's what the Attitude Era eventually became. It wasn't that in 93 when they no. started Raw. No. Um, but it got there. The idea yep. was there, and they finally executed it because Vince McMahon realized whether it's, oh, man, what Heyman's doing is really cool over there, or whatever the case be, um, modernizing it uh, to, to keep up with you know the, the the grunge element, I guess, was sort of one idea, uh, to make it feel more dangerous. Mm-hmm. Tyson Tyson's presence and the danger that when you have Stone Cold in there, a man alone, Tyson and his entourage, WWE official, I'm talking about when they did the big mm-hmm. segment that landed mm-hmm. on ESPN and everything. That big segment was the culmination of all that effort of all that work. Um, and to see that come together really is a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's like, man, all that stuff, the gamble that you the, the risk that you took. On your product, feeling out, like going by your, your your instinct, looking at what Heyman's doing, be like, man, a lot of this stuff could really work for our product. And looking at Stone Cold and being like, this guy, we can roll with him. DX was insanely popular, even though you're right. HBK was burnt out at that point. Um, but you have all these elements in play, and it really made for interesting stuff, for it really did. like must-see stuff.
1: It really did. It really did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was from... The moment Stone Cold won the Rumble, uh, you know, given the circumstances of Shawn Michaels being hurt, uh, so much of this was kind of booked, I, w- I won't say to perfection, but near perfection in terms of building yeah. up anticipation for this match. And, you know, everybody seemingly except maybe Shawn Michaels was was there waiting to see Stone Cold uh, win that belt and mm-hmm. begin, you know, the Stone Cold era. Yeah, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I remember watching this when it was going down and being like, man, this is great stuff. Yeah, Way more interesting than what's going on WCW right now.
2: (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, Yeah, no, it is interesting to see somebody be made. That's yeah. a, you know, we talked about it a little bit with Batiste. It's fascinating to see somebody just be made and and you get that sense in the crowd where it's like, Man, this is the guy now. Yeah. This is this is the guy that people are tuning in
1: to see. Yeah, when when WrestleMania is at its best in the main event, you get that coronation moment, you know?
2: Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's a really special thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's you know, it's it's it is also interesting to see because DX was so popular at the time. Uh, it it didn't feel like and again, you know, I remember watching at the time, but i I didn't i I was not that was like when I first started watching WWF. you know, I was watching WCW for a little bit before this, but you know, that's when I first started watching WWF. so I didn't fully comprehend at the time that DX what DX was and how popular they were. because um, I think 14 was like the first WWF thing that I actually watched. oh wow yeah, because I didn't I, I did not watch I didn't I had not watched the Rumble at that point. I was watching everything WCW and then something about this and Tyson. Yeah. Uh, I was like, okay, well, I, I got to check this one out. I forget. I don't know. I probably watched it at one of your guys' houses or something.
1: It was the Montreal Screwjob that got me back into WWF. Yeah. I heard that mm-hmm. happen. I was like, oh, wow. That's crazy.
2: Yeah. That is nuts. Yeah. If I had, if I had, like, if that was on my radar at the time, I probably would have been like, oh, cool. I, because I didn't even know, like, I didn't, even, I did not know who Bret Hart was at the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I was brand new to it. Like in yeah. 97, I didn't start watching until, I don't know, late, like late 96, I guess. Yeah. That
0: Although sounds about right. I think it
2: probably would have been, because I mean, I graduated, I started hanging out with you guys. Yeah, yeah, But maybe that timeline's even a little bit off. Maybe I didn't really start hanging out with you guys Well, until... I got to credit
1: Hilton with getting me back in, because he's the one that says, hey, have you, have you checked out this NWO stuff? And I'm like, what? What's mm-hmm.
2: that? Yeah.
1: So, yeah, this is all this, 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 all that we're doing, I guess, credit to Hilton, Hilton for all this.
2: Sounds right. Sounds mm. about right. Mm. Let's not think about that and talk no. about number one. One. Daniel Bryan versus Batista versus Randy Orton at WrestleMania 30. Oh, boy. Man, oh, man.
1: You know, they the kind other, of, whether yeah. their, their their goal, the end game for this, was Daniel Bryan winning the championships at Mania 30 or not. They got there eventually. Um, you know, it goes all the way back. I remember this clear as day where, where John Cena has to select his opponent for SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. And he says, I want to wrestle Daniel Bryan. Everybody get on the way so we could step forward. Yeah. Yeah. God, that oh, was so good. so good. It was yeah. so good.
2: Well, you can go back and I I forget when this particular moment was, but at one point they were in Seattle and uh and Triple H and a bunch of the roster were in the ring, and Triple H was trying to speak uh and the crowd just would drown him out with Daniel Bryan's <laughs> and the camera cuts to Daniel Bryan. He has like the most like He's got such a big goofy smile on his face, like I'm sorry, I don't know what to do here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, from I'm not gonna say day one, but from a certain point, I guess from the Team Hell No stuff, maybe the crowd just absolutely embraced Daniel Bryan, and they would not take anything that wasn't him. And you can look at the Royal Rumble 2014 for uh, for the clearest evidence yeah. of this. Yeah, and yeah. and how pissed off they were when Batista came out. Late uh, for the number 30 spot.
1: It was it was yeah. Rey Mysterio was number 30.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Mysterio was number 30. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and it got down to Batista and Roman Reigns and the crowd was still chanting Dame LeBri- Daniel Bryan. And they realized, well, we're not going to get him. So we're just going to chant for Roman Reigns. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if you go back to SummerSlam prior to this WrestleMania, that's when Daniel Bryan had his match uh, against uh, Cena, I think. Yeah. yeah Cena Because yeah. yeah. you mentioned that. And he wins. And the crowd just erupts, and Orton comes down.
1: And Triple H was the guest ref. He pedigrees Daniel Bryan right after he wins, and then Orton cashes in, yeah.
2: And so to tell that story from SummerSlam all the way to Mania, and I know at Mania they they wanted something else, but and so this is just how it ended up playing out. So you don't really credit Vince for this necessarily. I guess no. you credit him for not being a complete fool. Oh, yeah. Um, but if you go all the way back to that SummerSlam, and you could probably find stuff before then, and then go all the way up to WrestleMania, and you're sitting here thinking, are they really going to? Because Daniel Bryan or Mania had to fight, he had to fight what Triple H Triple first, H and then, the show, yeah, yeah, and then it's like, oh my god, they're really going to do this thing, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. And then they did the thing. They did. But uh, you know, you have the moment where all the fans are in the ring, mm-hmm. and it's the yes movement, which is a little on the corny side, but it works because Daniel Bryan is fine being corny maybe not brian danielson but daniel bryan is fine being a little yeah. bit on the corny yeah. side he understands sports and wrestling is,
1: is is to a degree inherently ridiculous yes right yeah, yeah yeah
2: and uh and you see like you know the power of what the fans can really do yeah uh and that was one instance where man oh man they really they came through and they got what they, they wanted
1: they did and, and, and somehow and all the obstacles they put in Daniel Bryan's way, and I'm not just talking about what is on TV. Seemingly even backstage, mm-hmm, yeah, fed into his underdog story. You know, yeah. he beat he beat Cena for the title at SummerSlam. Orton cashed in on him, uh, got the title, and throughout that fall, they were feuding for that belt in every show, almost to a frustrating degree. Mm-hmm. They would find a way to cost Daniel Bryan the title, mm-hmm, and ultimately, yeah. Orton uh, unifies both the belts against Cena. And, you know, the main event they had in mind seemingly was Orton and Batista at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And then I forgot about this detail. So I was doing research on this. So during the, the, the Occupy Raw segment mm-hmm. where they had all the fans yeah. in the ring where uh, Daniel Bryan's like, I want to match against you, Triple H, at WrestleMania. Um, and he gets that and he's like, OK, well, how about this? If I beat you, I get put in the main event. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he just drives. Uh, he just frustrates Triple H so much. Triple H agrees. But I forgot this detail. That later on, Triple H said, well, if I beat Daniel Bryan, I get put into the main oh, event. Oh, huh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think that option was probably on the table at one point? Oh, I
1: me, mean, not seriously, no. But I think they were just trying to put that there to put some doubt in the fans' minds maybe that it was a certainty that Daniel Bryan was going to win in advance. You know, it oh gave Lord, Triple H something more to rest to fight for, essentially, you know.
2: Could you imagine how torpedoed that WrestleMania would have been if at the beginning of it, Triple H wins and moves on to
1: the main event?
2: <laughs> I mean, that, everybody's that's waiting good. like everybody's waiting around for Daniel. Is he going to show up at any point? Yeah, no. I know.
1: You know, in any other year, Triple H versus Batista versus Randy Orton, that's recipe for a potentially good story there. It's
2: like a shield triple threat. Who wouldn't want that? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. But not uh, a WrestleMania 30. No, Daniel Bryan had a main event and he had to win those titles.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Had to. Absolutely. Had to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a couple honorable mentions. Uh, this wasn't the main of. Ev- I'm not. This, so this is matches for main events. We already yeah. talked about 35, but you got to kind of mention Kofi Mania. I know it wasn't a main event, but it's similar to the Daniel Bryan stuff. It was like, yeah. no, this is happening. You're going to yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a bummer uh, that actually wasn't the main event because it was. It was probably the best match on that card. I think. Yeah, yeah. It was really good. It was. Was yeah. that 35?
2: It was 35. Remember, it was. Oh, it was the. That's it right. Was the, yeah because so, also no, Seth for the versus the, women, Brock the, the, that
1: the, one. the match that made event should have made event I guess but either of those were deserving of being main event you know if they had
2: a night one night two situation yeah was, exactly yeah, then definitely been great.
1: you have Kofi mania you have Kofi beating Daniel Bryan the planet's mm-hmm. champion, Daniel Bryan yeah that one. was a killer Daniel Bryan gosh that was might be my favorite Daniel Bryan and then you have uh Becky and Charlotte and Ronda main event night 2 uh let's talk speaking of 2 day wrestlemanias Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair at mania mm-hmm. 37 yeah. Um let's talk about coronations. Yeah, that was a great uh, one. When Bianca was established as a massive star in WWE. Yeah. Fantastic bout. Uh yeah. build of that was really, really good.
2: One of the uh one of the entries that was on here and we took it off to make room for Warrior Hogan was uh Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart WrestleMania 12 in nineteen ninety six. It was very, it's very simple and there's elements of it that are, and I know I understand that like they had a real life rivalry, but they also had a real life respect Mm -hmm. and all of that played out in a very almost docu way, documentary way in this build. They did like some really phenomenal little mini short documentary type things on the road to you know sean michaels childhood dream mm-hmm. that was okay. very different and very refreshing it was yep. almost like an espn approach yeah yeah, yeah. um to telling the story and of course sean michaels had uh, had his mentor uh, jose lothario mm-hmm. and uh and yeah the, the little the docu bits that they had were especially on sean michaels part he was just speaking like he's a regular person yeah you know and brett was a bit more you know brett was this was Shawn Michaels' childhood dream, so Brett had to be kind of the spoiler. He yeah, was trying yeah. to play the spoiler, yeah. basically, he, which is a kinda, bit of a bad guy.
1: Well, he kind of took a bit of uh, similar to Stone Cold's motivation going to Mania Seventeen, whereas right, this yeah. is my spot. Do you have what it takes to take it from me?
2: I'll, yeah, because he mentioned like see you try. Yeah, he he mentioned I felt that way with Randy Savage. Yeah, I was knocking on his door, and eventually I passed him up. Well, Sean Michaels knocking up mine. I'm not ready yet. Yeah. Um, and it was just very—I don't know—it felt more like an actual sporting event mm-hmm. than like a pro wrestling storyline. Mm-hmm. Now I kind of regret that it's not at number ten, but you got to put
1: Warrior Hogan on there, baby. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the 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 Brett Shawn Michaels build wasn't as flashy, yeah, showy as yeah, you yeah. know the the spectacle of of Warrior and Hogan. You sure, know, it, yeah, it was it was, yeah. it was grounded ultimately on who's the best wrestler. Yeah. Um. You know, there's not no, who has the most power in the universe. Yeah, not what's the most powerful force in the universe. It's just who's the mm-hmm. best wrestler, and, and and so it's just not as showy as
2: such pedestrian things. Oh, who's <laughs> best wrestler as opposed to the strongest force in the universe?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it was a very strong, uh, strongly considered though.
1: Um. Also, I, I remember Kurt Angle versus Brock
2: mm-hmm. being a pretty
1: solid build. I could be wrong. Yeah. It's been a while since I watched that. But it was like babyface Brock Lesnar. Right yeah, yeah. Uh, doing his thing. I remember that being yeah. pretty solid.
2: That was probably pretty good, yeah. Um, I'm sure probably the WrestleMania 20 main event was probably a good build. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you guys want to sit here and talk about that guy all day long, and then we'll get crapped on in the comments for it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man anyways that's going to do it for this episode of count out thanks everybody for tuning in we appreciate it next week we're going to be back with the worst wrestlemania builds in history this should be a really fun one to do uh till next time we'll talk to you later
1: goodbye
0: angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well i absolutely love this because you know if you own a home it can be really hard to maintain it's hard to find